Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield, it is Season 3, Episode 9. I am joined as ever by Mr Joe Massey. Joe, how are you? Very well, very, very well, thank you. Looking forward to this podcast. Not quite sure what we're going to talk about as soon as though we haven't had a game since the last one, but uh, here we go. I've got it all planned, mate, don't you worry. Yeah, you've got worry. some surprises in store. Mm, surprises, I don't know, they're not surprises which I'd shout home about. All right, okay. It's a great way to start a podcast, isn't it? Not, <laughs> not really worth listening to this one. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. There's plenty, plenty to Plenty's come up. First of all, weekend off for you. Weekend off, mate. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I had a weekend off. Yeah. What did, what did you get? To? Did you enjoy it? Did you make the most of it? I spent like it in like at the worst possible way. So like you have a weekend off. Sounds, but like, that sounds awful, really. When I'm going to tell you what I did, but I ended up going to IKEA, which okay. is just on a Saturday. I mean, I can imagine that's busier. Than Hell on earth. I mean, I've never actually. I hate IKEA on a on a. Like in this job, obviously, we get a day off in the week because we work Saturdays. Yeah. So, like, things are, like, obviously less busy, on a, not on a Saturday. If I, I don't even know if that sentence makes sense. But you know what I mean? Things are less busy in the week. It's quieter in the week, isn't it's it? It's quieter in the week. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's what I really struggled <laughs> to get there, didn't I? It's a pretty simple sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you off. Um, so, yeah, I've my wife is pregnant. Yeah. Uh, 31 weeks pregnant today. Oh, it's getting closer. So not long to go, not long to go before summer. I'm going to have to cope with two children. I mean, oh, I don't even bear thinking about it. But yeah, so we went to, um, we sort of, we had like, obviously got a weekend off. So my missus was like, I wanted to make the most of it. I wanted to like be like, right, let's do something. Do your do missus I mean? make proper plans when you get a weekend off? Because that's what my missus does. Yeah. She goes all in. She's like, you got this weekend off? Oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. Oh my god! I've got all this stuff planned, and it doesn't. It's not a weekend off then. And you just go. You essentially just trapped in those plans, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just go along with whatever just they dragged say. Dragged along, mate. Dragged. I mean, dragged is the word. Yeah. <laughs> dragged along. So, yeah, she was. I was thinking like, let's make the most of it. Two days back to back off. Never get two days off in a row, do we? No, um, no, it's very rare. I was like, let's just like, I don't know what we're going to do, but I want to make the most of it. Have, have a nice day out somewhere. A bit of fun. No, she was like, we've got to make the most of the fact that we can get jobs done. So we redid the nursery um, like just freshened it up and stuff mm-hmm. um, so yeah so she dragged me to Ikea uh, and I was I was walking around thinking like oh, I know I'm very uh, we love being working in football don't we yeah, but like yeah. when you get like Middlesbrough away because there's so much work to it you, and like you have to do your work when you get back you're thinking oh yeah. god like it's going to be a long journey that but I'll tell you what mate walking around Ikea I was well looking forward to Middlesbrough away I was thinking this time next week this time next week I'll be sat at a football and everything's going to be yeah it's going to be a lot better did you get some meatballs at least no I didn't you didn't no I didn't hot dog no I just got ice creams I know but like my little girl loves the ice cream so yeah it's fine really did Uh, you uh, did you peruse the England game yeah, of course, mate. You know I'm obsessed with England. Uh, for those listening who don't know about Joe Massey's addiction to England football, he watches the game, as most of us do. Then what do you do afterwards, Joe? I either watch it again, or no, I've sort of cut back and now watch the highlights. So he watches it twice, basically. Very, very, very helpful ITVR. They're so, they're so helpful to my strange England fixation in the sense that they show the game, then they bang the news on. Yeah, and then they bang on the highlights straight afterwards yeah, so I don't have to even move Like it's, you just got to put with the news just got to put with the news yeah normally go make myself a cup of tea in that time um, and yeah fine yeah yeah I do I do like to watch England games twice which I know is absolutely tragic um, but, I lo- but I love it absolutely but love it it wasn't fun to watch that England game twice no they were dreadful weren't they yeah pretty they bad they were dreadful they, they could do with some uh, some Albion talent in there 
I could do a Mateus Pereira, couldn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If just if somehow get this guy an English passport or British passport, shall we? Yeah. Uh, get him in there. Um, but yeah, ready for ready for league action by the looks of it. Yeah, ready for. I mean, I love England, like I'm saying, I do love England. So like, when people moan about the international breaks, I never do because I do love watching England. Um, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for Middlesbrough away. I enjoy it. I enjoy the international breaks in terms of like the games. But I tell you what, sometimes like some of the international breaks, more so when they were doing friendlies, like more often. Oh, they're just grim. Now you think I think you learn so much in friendlies. Oh, you learn nothing from friendlies, man. Come on. Uh no, you do. You do. You learn so much from them. I had, a, I had when we were everyone. It's a big deal at the Express and Star that like I watch England games twice. It comes up often. Yeah, every international break uh, it comes up. But I'm more interested in watching friendlies sometimes twice than I am. Like, there's been some games recently I haven't watched twice. Like, like Kosovo and stuff. Everyone knows what happened there. England were brilliant in the first half, raced into like a five-one lead or whatever. Then were defensively shambles in the second half. You don't. Not a lot you can learn from that, really. But can't analyse it too much. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes I think you can analyse a lot in friendlies. But it's just my sad, sad England addiction, isn't it? That's all right, mate. That's never mind. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good that you support your nation. There's some people who don't really support. Them. Yeah, no, I think it's sad that. Yeah. Um, let's talk baggies, shall we? So, the first segment, uh, baggies over the break. It's called a little baggies bit of a, over the break. A little yeah. bit of alliteration there. I hope you enjoyed that, Joe. Uh, basically, we're just catching up with stories people might have missed over the international break, mate. That's, oh, okay. that's pretty much it. Um, some really interesting quotes from Danilo Butorovic. Hope I pronounced that right. Yeah. Um, what have you made of the team around Bilic? Because you obviously, you know, got a chance to, you know, see what he's been saying, and now that you've been in the job for a little bit, um, you kind of got acclimated to the team. I think. Acclimated. Yeah. What does that mean? You've. Climatized, like you know, climatized. Acclimated is a word. Is it a word? Hundred percent is a word. I'm not sure. It definitely you is. You can Google it when we have a break. <laughs> what uh, breaks in this? <laughs> well, you podcast know what I mean. Now. When I talk and you like go on your laptop. Um, Acclimated is a word. Danilo, yeah, interesting guy. So to put it into a bit of context, we wanted to speak to him. When I say we, me and Joe Chapman from the Birmingham Mail, um, wanted to speak to him. We just we just went as soon as possible. Really, I want to do like. Um, a series of behind-the-scenes features with um, Albion staff. Mm. Like, there's a lot to football nowadays. It's not just Billich and either his assistant coaches or whatever. There's so many people behind the scenes. Um, I want to do stuff with the analysis, analysts, sorry, the fitness coaches, mm. all these people. So Danilo sort of kick-started that, really. Um, Albion put him, kindly put him up for press due to his national break. Um, to give us some stories and he was just a charming charming um, young young man and he is a young man he's 35 years old um, yeah. like I'm 34 so he's only he's only a year older than me he's got a year on you um, which made me feel a little bit inadequate but um, <laughs> he yeah was, but he hasn't got all the journalism like skills that you no have. no he hasn't got a media law qualification I think I no, bet he's got it about that I bet he doesn't uh, have short hand either <laughs> no um but yeah, if you have, if people haven't read the stories, I suggest reading them. Um, the feature, sort of introductory feature, on him in particular. Um, really, really interesting guy, and the job he did um, in Croatia. I mean, I can't remember how old he said he was when he got the job um, as an actual number one for like a fourth division team. So effectively, like a League Two side. Mm. Um, he basically took them from rock bottom, from like rock bottom of League Two in the automatic promotion race in League One 
in a couple of years. That was a decent effort. Um, very good effort. And he only left because Bilic took him to Saudi Arabia with him. Mm. Um, he actually said some really fascinating things. He said he wanted to be a coach from when he was 14 years old. It's an early time to kind of... Very early, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so he was, he was a good player. He was, like, he was potential to be a professional. Um, but he said <clears throat> he got injured... We felt like he, he had a bike accident actually, but he said even that was a couple of years later. But he said at fourteen he became sort of aware of the coaching side, more interested in that as, as mm. than playing almost. And then he sort of realised in his head he was only going to be so good as a footballer. He was never going to be at the top level. Yeah. So he basically went into coaching from a very sacked very off young player, no, yeah, yeah sacked off player and went into coaching he, I mean he said he was like a pacey winger he said he was really quick which yeah. he, he said he wasn't very good on the ball uh, right, um, yeah. but really 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 nice guy he met Bilic at West Ham he was on the Croatia he was basically finished top of his class when he did the, the the pro badges with the Croatian FA he was recommended to Bilic Bilic was very impressed with him when he came to see him at West Ham and then Bilic said a line actually not so long ago he he wanted to freshen up his coaching staff after the, what happened at West Ham. Mm. He wanted to freshen things up and bring in some new ideas. And Danilo was the man he felt could bring those new ideas in. Um, so that's why he got him over to Saudi Arabia and that's why he's brought him to West Brom. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, keep an eye out. If you haven't read them yet, then please do. Though You can find them on the West Brom page on the Express and Star website. Plug, plug, plug. Um, Matt Phillips, this was an interesting one. Um, Bilic wants him to do more in the box, which I thought was interesting purely because out of the three behind the striker, he's probably the one who's shone the least, and that's a little bit harsh to say on him because he's still been very good. Well, he's got four goals, um, and he scored five last season. Um, so that's, yeah, so again, this is why these podcasts are great because it puts these stories into context a little bit. Yeah. So that was the question. It was actually, I actually asked that question a couple of weeks ago. It must have been after the QPR game. Oh, not QPR. Who did he get two against at home? Huddersfield. Huddersfield, Huddersfield, that's it. Um, So, I mean, I think he was probably, yeah, he was the top scorer or whatever at that time. Two really good finishes, weren't they? Yeah, very, very good. Um, And just said to him, look, to Bilic, he's got four goals now. He only got five last year. Um, Why has he improved? Um, and Bilic essentially said exactly that, just spending more time in the box. Mm. Um, he, he looked at the games last season. He said, I mean, he said straight away, like he is a, a hell of a player in the championship. Matt Phillips is a hell of a player, but he felt when analysing the games last season, he wasn't in the box um, enough. Mm. Um, and that's what he told him to do, basically, spend more time in the in the penalty box. And look, he's got four goals already. Um, I think, I mean, look. It's going to score more than five, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to comfortably get more than five. So, um, yeah, it's just more shrewd village management, I think. If you were to predict it now, how many goals do you reckon you'd get this season? Nine. Just shy of double figures? Yes. Yeah. I think nine? I'd, I think I'd be tempted to agree with you, you know. With nine? Around that kind With of the area. random number that is nine. Like that seven to nine range. Seven to nine. Yeah, I think so. Do you reckon, because he's got, you look at Pereira, you look at Diangana, defensively, let's just say it's not their strong suit, whereas with Phillips, he's got that extra little bit of physicality which probably helps him on the defensive side of the game. Do you reckon that's why 
some season you might not provide as many goals as some people think. Maybe, yeah. I think it's a bit like Nathan Ferguson at, at left back, adding that extra balance, isn't it? Mm. Um, and tucking in. I think probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, he has got that defensive side to his game, Matt Phillips. I thought, just talking about Matt Phillips, just, this is what I do, ramble on, don't I? This is what we like, though. Um, I thought it was very telling that after the, the game, after the last game when Charlie Oster scored, the Cardiff game, um, everyone's we're all raving about Dean Garner and Pereira aren't we yeah, everyone's yeah, like yeah. oh my god aren't these amazing aren't these amazing aren't they amazing? and like it wasn't me that asked the question but someone asked the question what's it like playing with Dean Garner and Pereira it must be amazing it must be amazing yeah um, and um, Charlie Austin said it is but he said don't forget Matt Phillips mm. um, he was like he's um, does an absolutely unbelievable job for the team the, the deliveries for the chance that chance Austin missed was absolutely yeah. beautiful for him Phillips as a pinpoint cross um, obviously he's got four goals already Austin said Pereira and Dean Garner are, new, are like new toys mm. he said like because they weren't at Albert, uh, Phillips has been there for a couple of years now so whereas like they're brand new and everyone's raving about them but he, Austin made it abundantly clear that in terms of that dressing room Phillips is just as important as Pereira mm. and Dean Garner um, which personally I thought was a really nice touch from Austin um, a bit like Toy Story I think you know when Buzz Lightyear comes in everyone's like oh Buzz Lightyear don't forget about Woody mate you can't forget can you can't forget I know you're not a Disney fan but you can't forget no, about Woody I've only saw it, seen Toy Story once and I wasn't that bothered about it really? yeah oh man I know I can't really remember it but I know people absolutely love that film it's... oh no <laughs> it's just... So disappointed. <laughs> if only people could see your face. I'm so disappointed. Oh, so I should take a picture and we should tweet it with a podcast. Oh, it just hurts my soul. Oh, mate, I can really see it as well. Yeah, it does. It just hurts. It hurts. But, but go on, mate, go on. I'm sorry. It's all right, don't worry. Oh, that's all I've got to say. Just I like the fact that um, Phillips is very, just as integral, really, to this dynamic trio, should we call them. Certainly is. Um, one other story which you actually didn't write but it's worth touching on uh, Cyril Regis inducted into the National Football Museum's Hall of Fame yeah Matt Mayer was the uh, was the colleague who reported on that one it's a great honour isn't it yeah yeah massive yeah I mean I fully deserved obviously as well absolutely incredible but um, yeah Matt Mayer did that when he went to it was at Villa Park on Saturday wasn't it it was indeed yeah. he popped down there um, so to John Barnes as well so yeah it was a really interesting day and yeah thoroughly deserved thoroughly thoroughly deserved yeah and lastly uh, you touched on Charlie Austin. You said exciting times to be a West Brom fan. Um, can't really say he's wrong, can you? Can't say he's wrong. Um, that story was that today, wasn't it? It was indeed. Um, so yeah, this stems from the goals throughout the team again. Um, obviously, Charlie Austin got off the mark, scored his first league goal in that Cardiff game, but everyone's scored now, haven't they? Because Sawyer scored in that game as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was just saying how much how exciting it is basically to be part of a team that um, scores goals all over the place and he says he believes they're going to continue to score goals from all over the park um, which is why he believes it's so, such an exciting time is it is it too early to get too caught up uh, no no it's not it's, I'll tell you why as well right in my long winded way go on if it was about results and performances, I'd say slightly yes, it's a bit too early. Mm. Based on, it is only 11 games in, based on there's got to be patience. Um, based on, as I said on this podcast before, everyone knows I covered Walsall last season. After 12 games, they were fifth. I saw someone tweet the table today. Yeah. 
um, and they were obviously got relegated. Ten game and being start of the season. Don't want to harp on about Walsall, but it is early days. Look, we say about Villa last season, they were yep. at, at one stage no one would have put any money on them going up, and look what they did. Yeah. So I think you. At this stage, you have to caveat all of that with it is early days. But the thing that gets me really, really excited is how close they are mm-hmm. as a squad. We've got Albion put some quotes out on Saturday from Sam Johnston, which yeah. are in our paper tomorrow. And they are so tight, this group mm. of players. Um, that They are absolutely loving playing for Billich. And they have bonded. They're in it together. There feels like such a strong camaraderie between them. We saw it with Austin Celebration, didn't we? Yeah. Where he called everyone over. Um, every time you speak to a player, they are just like... What's, they're like shining. They're like so happy. Yeah. They are buzzing. Like speaking to Romain Sawyers about playing with Jake Livermore. Like he's just thrilled to be playing with him. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a piece tomorrow with Sawyers on Dean Garner and Pereira. But... They seem so happy. They're, they're really enjoying their football. They've got this team spirit, which has been built so quickly, really. Mm. Um, and they seem like such a good bunch of lads. Like, um, yeah. And to me, that all stems from the manager. Um, the most successful manager I've ever worked with was Dean Smith. Um, mm. And I, I've, I mean, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast. I absolutely love Dean Smith yeah. um, as both a manager and a person. He's as, he's as nice as it gets. He's an absolutely lovely guy. Very close to being West Brom boss as well. Very close to being West Brom boss. Um, and when when I worked with Smith, you could see with Walsall's players, and you've seen the Villa players. They are desperate, desperate, desperate to play for Smith. For, Firstly, because he's a damn good boss. Yeah. And secondly, because he's an absolutely smashing guy. And I think it's exactly the same with Billich. Um, some of the stuff has come out from Charlie Austin and he did that podcast with Stan Collymore. Yeah. The way Billich has had his arm around him throughout this whole time. Um, and he just, I think he said like something, he's just, Austin said he's just someone you, you're desperate to play for. He's a proper, proper manager. So I think the fact that Billich is just such a damn good guy, and he is, he's a really nice human being. Yeah. And the fact he's such a good manager, and the fact these sign players who are just good characters, mm. everything's coming together. Um, that's why I'm genuinely excited. Um, and then you throw in the fact that Pereira and Dean Garner are absolute quality. So yeah. there's so yeah. much to be excited about. You can't not get carried away with always caveating it that it is 11 games in. Yeah, I mean, in a couple of months' time, you can't even say that anymore, can you? You can say, well, we're, we're almost halfway. Yeah, yeah, it goes, you know, doesn't it? Before you know it, you know, Albion could still be up, up and around there. At, you know, in, in so Middlesbrough will be a quarter of the way through, won't it? It'll be 12 games then. Yeah. Um, I think halfway is when you can like really take the league table. Yeah. For um, really look at it seriously. But yeah, I'm getting a little bit carried away. Yeah, we all are, aren't we? We, we all are. are. Right. Um, questions. Questions from the listeners. Oh, right. That's early, isn't it? It is, it is, but we've got a lot of questions today. We're going to try and work through all of them. Have you not um, done? You not done any segments, have you? This looks like I've got, I've got a segment after the questions. Oh, all right, don't okay. worry. All right, I'll let you off. Yeah, come on, mate. Do me a favor. First one. Uh, let the listeners do your work for you. But go on. First one comes from Steve or Knievel. Would the really? Current, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Would the current shower that turn out for England have any chance of beating the current Albion team? Well, that's a, like that's current shower. <laughs> 
I've only lost one qualifier in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, you can't be losing to Czech Republic, mate. Um, and they did not have, if you've got Euro 2020 ambitions. You can't be losing to them. Semi-finalists of the World Cup not long ago. I think uh, everyone needs to calm down with England a little bit. I think... It's, al- it's always the case of England. Yeah. They win two on the bounce, they're going to win a World Cup. They lose two on the bounce. England then have gone England backwards. Have... That's what I saw yeah. the headline on Sky Sports. There's one game. Southgate got it wrong, let's be honest. There were discussions in the office earlier today. Should he go back to a back three? One game. Yeah. Apparently he is considering it though, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I reckon Albion would, would have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be an interesting game. You, there's, I mean, the general kind of uh, consensus nowadays is that the best team in the Premier League would pretty much trounce any of the, the best, the best yeah. international team. I think the top four of the Premier League would be any international team. I think if you watch, the, I think there's a big difference in class between the Champions League and international football now. Yeah. The Champions League's the pinnacle, isn't it? There's always a weak link within an international there's team. Always, that's what I've been saying in the office today, which has been, you're right, there's always, every national side, everyone's like, oh, Germany are good. Well, They've got Emre Chan playing for them, we can't get in the Juventus team. Isn't yeah, they're yeah. not every international side has got a weakness, haven't they? And England have got their weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. Um defensively. But everyone has at international level, whereas in the the Champions League clubs are just You look at and I know Man City lost the other week and they're not the, you say you look at Liverpool or Man City, you look at them and you go, Is there really a weak point? There isn't a weak point, is there? Exactly. They're all just quality all over the park, so would Albion giving well look I, just, I still expect England to beat Albion I'd expect England to be like I finish about 7th in, the... in the Premier League yeah if they're in the Prem yeah. challenging for Europe yeah it'd be an interesting game wouldn't it yeah it'd be interesting uh, Leo Watkins any tips for fighting off man flu I can feel your pain Leo I'm, I'm struggling I'm, I'm, I'm coming down with something so I used to be like that but then I had actual flu oh I remember this yeah yeah you were bedridden for like oh, a mate. week weren't you if anyone's listened to that now when people say this is this is like a rite of passage in life people say oh, I've got a touch of the flu or whatever and you're like everyone says it like yeah yeah oh mate yeah yeah man yeah yeah then you get the flu oh my god it's horrific it is absolutely horrific uh, it's so bad you can't move it just stops you in your tracks you see old like thing isn't it? it's like they say like if, if you got the flu if there's a 20 pound note on the floor would you would you like bend down to pick it up you just wouldn't if you had the flu that's bad that bad mate you just do not like it's awful it's absolutely awful um, so if you've got now if you just got a cold you just have to get on with it that's my advice yeah I mean tips Leo um, hearty chicken soup <laughs> really helps uh, some warm so you drinks it's a food for just no reason yeah 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 like pack yourself full of calories your immune system needs to fight it off you just don't, wanted to talk about chicken soup. Don't listen to any of these people who say, work it off in the gym. That is the worst thing you can do. If you've got a cold, don't go to the gym. Oh, I do agree with that, actually. Because like, sometimes I've had a bit of a cold, like, and then I play squash. And I play squash, and afterwards, I'm awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't do you know do why? Because it just knackers you out. Yeah. And then your immune system's like, oh, you're trying to get me to fight some virus. What are you doing running around a blue squash I court agree for two with that. hours? I agree with that. Doesn't help. Who sent the question help. to Liam? Leo Watkins. Leo. Rest, Liam. <laughs> Leo. Liam. <laughs> Rest. <laughs> All right, Mark Colley, this is a good question. Borough away on Saturday, what would your preferred pre-match meal be? He's so annoyed, I love it. I love it when we ask for questions. The first first couple come in, there's proper questions, and then there's questions about food, and I'm like, yes. What my preferred? Your dream pre-match meal uh, this Saturday. 
So you, you rock up at the riverside, one o'clock, get set up, you go over to the, the food canteen, which is quite nice at Borough, by the way. Oh, is it? What do they actually serve? I don't know. I can't remember what they serve. I'm surprised since those food's so important to you. It couldn't have been that good because I can't remember it. That's um, true. But it's really nice little facilities and stuff. Um, uh, I'd like... Uh, maybe fajitas. Fajitas? <laughs> <laughs> but you can't eat them with your hands. So? Oh, you got to type and stuff. It's got to be... You know what? You know what would be good for me? Like a good roast. Yeah, a real good roast. Would be a good good roast. Some then, roast potatoes, a bit of gravy. Yeah, but then you're going to have a go at me because I don't like gravy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You don't like gravy. Well, like, lasagna was good. I, I was pleased with that at the Hawthorns. Pizza, pasta, can I have that? Uh, well, that was the next question from at locals bag, local baggies fan. For the next game, if you had to choose pizza or pasta, pizza every time. P- pizza, but I do, I do love pasta. I appreciate a decent pasta, but I always feel like I can just cook a decent pasta at home. I feel like I could eat pasta in a tomato sauce like most nights of the week. If oh. I was single, like I'd just live off pizza and pasta. Do you know what I mean? Just stick some pasta in a bowl, dolmio, tomato sauce, bit of garlic bread. I'd be happy, mate, living off pizza and pasta. Cereal in the morning. Mm. Yeah. Mark Colley followed up, um, what asking asking me what my favourite pre-match meal was. Um, the fa- my favourite one of all time. Don't was, tell the was, stories about the pie at Preston again. Was the pie at Preston? God that Almighty! Was everyone that's ever lived knows you enjoyed your pie at Preston. It was so good. Honestly, wait until Preston away. Right. And you'll see. Although we've been through this, we were we were in with like the the Legends Lounge because I think they were doing it at the Media Suite. So I think we were getting like food which we weren't meant to get. Yeah. But it was stunning. Um, but yeah, otherwise a roast, a good roast. <laughs> decent. I wouldn't. Move you can't. On. <laughs> Can't be a good student, to be honest. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, Ethan Barham, what's the situation with add-ons in regards to Kenneth Zahor? Have we paid the full eight million? Love the podcast, guys. Thanks, Ethan. Um, oh, do you know what? I don't know. It's not good, is it? I think it was four million up front and four million in add-ons based on normally appearances, appearances, goals, appearances, goals that kind and of stuff. promotion. But I don't know the actual breakdown of it. So thank you very much for the question. I will look into it. That was I should add that to my list. Yeah, so you might not love the podcast anymore. No, no sorry, no, sorry, no. sorry. At least I'm honest, though. At least I haven't made it up. Yeah, yeah, you could have made it up, to be yeah. fair. Paul Chappell, um, with Swansea yet to play top teams, leads aside, and Preston's conversion rate of chances being essentially unsustainable, who do you think is the most likely from what you've seen to make up the top six his, he says his is West Brom, Leeds, Fulham, Forest, Swansea, and Bristol. Uh, we did this last week, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, we talked top sixes. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we talked top two, didn't we? Not top six. I have West Brom and Leeds in that order, then Fulham to go up in the playoffs. The others, I mean, Forest might be up there. Uh, I think he makes a very good point about Swansea having played next to nobody yet. And that is true. They They... They have had a favourable start to the season. I don't think anyone predicted Swansea to be in the position they're in. But but then I think are they up there because they've had such a favourable start to the season? I think there is. I think there is a very good chance of that. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. Um, I think Cardiff could be up there. I know they're eleventh, but I thought um, I actually thought Cardiff weren't a bad side. They, they, as bad as they, it's a weird one because they didn't play well, did they? No. Um, but. I do think they're okay. I do think they're an okay, an okay. I think they could be up there. 
I was, I was looking at this. Are you, are you big on XG? Yeah, the expected goals. We were discussing this last week, weren't we? Um, uh, yeah. Off air. I'm just trying to find the table. So expected goals, for those who don't know, um, it's a stat which is kind of derived by the, the, um, the number of ch- chances you create and the quality of those chances. So if you have like, if you, if you play a style of play, for example, like Leeds, where it's pressing, they win the ball high at the pitch, they often create chances and good chances. They'll have a higher expected goals ratio in a game compared to their opponent. Equally, you could have a team like Cardiff or Preston, for example, this season, who take the small number of chances they do get, yeah. but they actually have a low expected goals ratio. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think XG, I used to, for a long time, I thought it was a bit nonsense. And I used to, I used to say, like, the only stat that it matters in football is the result. Mm. Like, I couldn't care less if you had 15 shots and didn't score and you had one and you did. You just got to win the game. That's the only thing that matters to me is winning the game. But there is definitely, it's definitely not the be-all and end-all. Um, but, yeah, there is, there is a lot into it in terms of the quality of chances mm. you create. So, I think, look, Leeds, Leeds, Fulham and West Brom are going to be categorically in the top six, aren't they? Yeah. They are going to be in the top six. Barring that's a not disaster. Get, that's not getting carried away. Although, Fulham are outside the top six at the moment. Um, yeah, but everything suggests... By a point. Um, and then, I think, you potentially... I think Cardiff, you know. I think Cardiff could get in there. I think Cardiff. I think Cardiff, you know, if they get in there, I think I'd have them in the playoff final. Oh, you play them, you mean? I could see them playing in the playoff final. Yeah. They could, like, sneak, like, a, a draw away and then win at home. And then... it, it wouldn't be stylish football, but it would get them there. It's direct and it certainly is effective when it works. Let's have a look at the table now. So, we'll go Forest, obviously. And then... I think the next one's up for grabs. So it's interesting because harping on about this XG, in the XG table, Bristol City are second bottom. Just taking their chances when the, they come. So they are definitely taking their chances when they come, which, was, again, you'd imagine wouldn't be sustainable. For some reason, I know Bristol City's assistant manager quite well, Dean Alden. I haven't spoken to him for a while, but I do feel a bit like, I always feel like they're never going to do it. Mm. For Bristol City, they always They're so like... up and down. They can go on a run of like four or five great results, and then they can lose four or five. Hmm. I don't. Maybe Swansea then. After all that. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, though, isn't it? It's interesting. It's yeah. pretty open that top six. I think like that fifth and sixth spot could be very, very. Anyone could get that. Yeah, it could. Um, could be up for grabs. Yeah. Agree with you, Paul Chapel again. Uh, is Sawyer the most important player in our team? Obviously, certain players are playing great, but I could genuinely make a case for our subs to replace some of them if needed for a few games. For example, Karinovic comes in for Pereira, uh, Edwards comes in for Dian Garner, etc., etc. But you can't see who replaces Sawyers. That's a damn good point, isn't it? Who would replace Sawyers? If he goes down tomorrow injured, who steps in? Would it be Gareth Barry? Well, has he signed a deal yet? Well, he's very close to signing that, we're told. You're right, I mean, he could, though. but can he really pick that pass, Gareth Barry? You're right. It's a very, very good point, Matt. It's a very, very good point. I've se- I sense a feature coming on. Yes, Remain Sawyer's, yeah. It's a really good point, as I keep saying. Who would step in? Because, like, Rakim Harper has essentially dropped off the edge of a cliff. He's more defensive as well, isn't he? Well, he does like to burst forward, but... But, but Sawyer doesn't burst He can't forward. pick a pass. Um, well, I, 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 I'm doing him a disservice there. 
he what he can't pass as well as Romain Sawyer's. He but can't Barry can, can't he? Can he unlock a defence? I'm not too sure. I'm not sure there's another player like Romain Sawyer's in this side. Kravinovic, maybe? Maybe it'd be interesting to see Kravinovic a bit further back, but then you'd wonder if he had the physicality. I don't think he can get up and down. But then I thought Kravinovic came on at Fulham and did a very good job in a sort of a deeper role. Mm. Um, and obviously Sawyer started as a 10 and has gone into that like midfield two. Is it... I would personally say Gareth Barry. I think he's very close to signing. I think if Sawyer's picked up an injury, they'd get him in the team. Um, but I get I get the point. It's a very, mm. very valid point. He is an absolutely integral, isn't he? Really is. Yeah, I'm so pleased for him. He's done done so well. Yeah, he seems to be enjoying his football. Um, Baz Forrest, is this the best team since 78 under Ron Atkinson? Discuss. Well, uh, I replied saying I was born in 1985. Yeah, so. I mean, it's slightly before both of our times. I was born in 1990. You're in 1985. Oh, you whip a snuff up. So also, I've only been in the job for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, but i tell you what, um, one of the best sides I've seen this season. Yeah. Not that it compares to 78 <laughs> by any means. <laughs> no. Um, Adam Hingley. I'm sure Billich talks about playing two up top when he arrived. Still possible, or is that hurt, has that bird flown? For that matter, what the hell happens if Charlie Austin gets injured? Tell you what, if Austin gets injured, I think Zahor steps in, but does he provide the goals? So I think um, Bilic, Bilic has been asked about Plan B a couple of times, um, and you and undoubtedly need one, uh, and, a, and a Plan C. 4 2 3 1 is obviously working wonderfully well at the minute, and it suits the players, doesn't it? Yeah. To an absolute T. Um, yeah. I mean, look, he technically went two up top. He technically went 4-4-2 at Fulham mm. when they were chasing the game because um, Pereira went wide right yeah. and Robson Carno. It was almost like a 4-4-1-1, really, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, slightly behind. Ro- yeah, Robson Carno was slightly behind. So there's definitely... Bilic has, has said he has got aces up his sleeves, basically. He's got he's got cards to play. Um, he's not going to give that away. No. Of course he isn't. Um, but there's definitely, definitely options there um, the Austin one is is the worry I said last week I think and this ties in with the Phillips story about him getting in the box more Albion are not set up for one striker they're not relying from goals from the striker they're not they? they're not they're just simply not set up that way if you put there, there will be teams I don't know who who will be purely set up to get so the strikers get the goals. Now, if you put Charlie Austin in that side, it'll bang them in. It'll absolutely bang them in. Yeah. Um, but Albion are not set up that way. Matt Stalin Bilic has said he wants Matt Phillips in the box more. If he wants Matt Phillips in the box more, he wants Grady Dean Garner in the box more. He said, basically, you score goals inside the box. Wingers, he goes, unless you're going to sm- smack one in for 25 yards, it doesn't happen very often. If wingers want to get goals, they need to be in the box. If wingers are in the box they're not going to be creating as many chances for the centre forward and I think that has to be I think that has to be taken into consideration when you look at all three strikers this season mm. the team isn't set up for them isn't set up solely for them to score goals should they have scored more goals yes they should have Charlie Austin would admit that himself um, but now he's off the mark and up and running so I think yeah it's going to look Austin getting an injury would be really really it would be devastating, really. Wouldn't be helpful. But I think Bilic, time and time and time again, stressed when 
during that spell when Austin Hunt scored, he's playing in a team that's winning football matches. Yeah. And that's the important thing at the end of the day. Um, it's about that. It's about winning and about the system to get you to win the game. So if Austin does get injured, the whole will obviously get his chance and it'll be very, very interesting to see how they do then. Um, but he will be under pressure to take the chances that come his way. Mm. Um, he will. But this is a this is a is it, this is a team effort, isn't it? That's what well, earlier on when I was talking about like how close they are and how together they are and how much they're enjoying playing with each other. They're really, really enjoying being part of this team mm. under this manager. So I don't. It's difficult because we we all love a striker banging them in, but I think we have to s- sort of step away from that slightly. Yeah. Um, Especially when there's so many other exciting players. There is enough attacking talent in this team with Dean Garner, Pereira, Phillips and whoever's up front. Whoever, those, whoever's up front, those four players, with Sawyer's pulling the strings, with Darnell Furlong bombing on, with Nathan Ferguson willing to come forward, mm. Livermore's bombing forward now. There's so much there that... Um, I don't think we need to be fixated on that striker so much. Yeah, I mean, we're getting goals from left-back and right-back this season. Exactly, so. yeah. Um, so yeah. Don't exactly. get me wrong, it wouldn't be helpful, but at the end, of, I don't think it would be the end of the world either. I don't think it would derail Albion. It would not be helpful. Maybe, maybe, could it be a difference between automatics and, and playoffs, potentially? Yeah. Because Charlie Austin is a damn good player. Um, but, but this is a collective thing. It is a team thing. Um, it's not. An, it's definitely not an individual thing. Yeah, certainly not. Brad Payne, UK. Uh, what are the odds of us seeing the Pereira deal being made permanent in January? I think someone replied saying none because um, it's already set up, isn't it? The deal. It's not like someone can move the goalposts now. No, so everything is literally done. So it's remarkable. This it's absolutely remarkable. So, uh, to be honest, it might be me being new to the level. Yeah. Um, but I've never known anything. I haven't known anything like it in terms of. I'm a bit surprised by it, if I'm being honest. Mm. Like Pereira has agreed terms. It's all in in a contract. If if, and I'm guessing obviously I'll get a pay rise if Albion are in the Premier League. It'll have, yeah. it'll have agreed like terms for the Championship and the Premier League. Um, to me, it's all very very odd. I I don't know why you would agree to it. Yeah. If well, you're Pereira, you might as well because if you absolutely tear it up. You might be happy at Albion, but you could probably ask for five grand more. I don't, I don't know. It I mean, equ- equally, if he if he doesn't do too well, but the team do well, then it'll be thinking, well, I've already agreed great terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Every it's, it's, I find it all very, very, very. I mean, it's Albion have pulled off a blinder. Yeah, an absolute blinder. I find it a bit. I find it all quite peculiar. But in terms of January, so what we were told on January was I spoke to the club about it. Because there was reports in the Portuguese press saying, "Will they consider doing it in ja- that they're thinking of considering doing it in January?" Now, all obviously, I don't get party. Not everyone's party to every conversation at, at Albion. So, all I've been told is that the Portuguese press is very, very reliable. They're very, very good. Um, yeah. They're very. Um, so, the fact that they've reported it would suggest there is potentially some truth in it. Mm. Like people have commented there is absolutely no need to do it in January um, because the deal's done nothing's going to change if they do it tomorrow or if they do it in May everything stays exactly the same Yeah. so Albion are probably better off having the money in the bank now and it generating interest 
Yeah. And then, hopefully, having one promotion to the Premier League, eight million quid, is it's peanuts when, when you've just been given whatever you've been given from the Premier League. So, I would imagine they'll hold on to it, the money, maybe invest that money in January, mm. and then sort out the Pereira deal in um, in the summer. But look, he's going to be an Albion player, a permanent Albion player. I think I, I don't see I don't see any way. I, I, to me, as we as we stand here today, the absolute worst thing that's going to happen to Albion with Pereira is they buy him for eight million and sell him the next day for fifteen. Yeah, that's the worst thing that's going to happen. As as it yeah. stands, there's a long way to go. He's got to maintain all this, blah blah blah. But look, he was rookie of the year in the Bundesliga last season. Mm. He's a damn damn good footballer. He's done it over a consistent basis before. Um, that to me is the, it looks to me worst case scenario that you lose him for a massive profit. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, we will. Uh, Ryan P. Glasgow. Our next five games are Borough, Barnsley, Charlton, Stoke, and Hull. What's your points prediction, and who are we beating, drawing, or losing to out of those teams? Borough, Barnsley. So I think we will win. Are we doing a Middlesbrough preview? Yeah, yeah, we're doing it. So I don't. I won't explain why I think. No, you just just you can just give a prediction. We'll go into Borough. I think it's, I think it's going to be nine points from the next nine. So so Borough, Barnsley, Charlton all wins. Yeah, and then I think maybe two games on the road, two draws. I'm going one better than that. I think I think they get thirteen points. Thirteen points. I think they beat Borough. They beat Barnsley. I think Charlton will probably be the trickiest of them three, but I still think they'll win there. Charlton minus Lecker and Field, of course. I think they'll draw with Stoke. Yeah, so do I for some reason. And I can't give you a reason why. Um, but going back to XG, Stoke have they've created a lot of chances. They've just been unlucky. Well, they're seventh know. in XG table. Butland has, has dropped so many clangers this season. Who has? But he's dropped. Butland's been dropped. Well, yeah, but he's been back in and out of the side. No, he's lost his place. They're playing that Davis in goal. Well, either way. Yeah, he's... Hull, Hull are beatable as well. Yeah, they're beatable, but they've got some good players, Hull. Bowen and... Uh, yeah, um, so I... I think they just draw against Stoke. I think they win the others. Maybe I'm getting carried away. Too excited. But I'm not Both wor- going I'm, unbeaten, though, aren't we? I'm not worried about any of them teams. No. No, no, no. God, not worried about them. Just two away trips. I always think draws are good in, in championship away from home. Um, and then you're coming into Sheffield Wednesday and Bristol City at home on the back of that. It's generated yeah. some conversation on Twitter. Someone said 12 points. Paul Chappell said, I'd snatch your hand off for 8 to 10 points. Oh, right. So there you go. 11. Is 8 would be decent. 10 excellent, says Aguire. I'm going 11. 13. And when they get 4 points, we can all sit here <laughs> and apologise. <laughs> Derek Poulton, um, the argument to get Gail back in January. Discuss. Everyone talks about Dwight Gale. I mean, I'm absolutely amazed by how much... Look, the truth is, I think we said it on the podcast last week, I wasn't Albion reporter last season. Um, so I didn't see Dwight Gale play for them. Oh, it, he was good, though. Unless it was on TV. He was bloody good. Um, every, I mean, like even Ali Robertson, doing the Ali Robertson column, is talking about... Well, but if we can get Dwight Gale back in January. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone is talking about Dwight Gale. Um, I think we said last week, look, I believe... If Albion can get him back, they will. 
For the record, I don't think he's in a, a necessity this January. Do you not? I think if you're going to strengthen anywhere, it's probably striker. But if you don't get Gale, it's not. It doesn't throw. A, it doesn't throw a spanner in the works. No. I think if you just get a decent goal scoring striker, I think you're happy. The one thing all this Albion team needs to do is maintain its form. Mm. They just need to. They just need a couple of. The, every week you're going to have players who slightly underperform. If the vast vast majority, if one week Phillips has a quiet game, but Dean Garner has a stunner. If one week Pereira underperforms, but Charlie Austin is unplayable. Yeah. Then it should everything should just tick along quite nicely, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, I can't remember what the question was now. What was the question? Oh, what kind of memory is this? The argument to get Gale back in. Your oh, mind. Gale back, yeah, Gale. Um, like I said last week, sorry. I think they'll get him back for two reasons if they can do it. One, because he's obviously a damn good player and will bring goals to the team. And two, I think it's a massive PR win for Albion. I think yeah. Albion fans will be absolutely buzzing if the Albion board get. Dwight Gale back so I think if they can do it they will but will he be needed at Newcastle maybe maybe spend 40 million on a striker though yeah but you need more than one and true he is a good player he is good um, Graham Johnny what sort of role do you see Barry playing when he comes back into the fold so like a bit of a I see him personally as a bit of a steady Eddie um, offers some experience yeah, knows I, what the club's about I see him as I personally it's, it's difficult like for me because I haven't seen him play for so long but I would see him as that player to, to potentially cover for Sawyers following that question earlier and I'd see him as perfect to come on 20 minutes to go so we don't have any more Cardiffs he would have been ideal against Cardiff yeah we don't want any more of them bring him on that game doesn't end the way it does yeah there you go then absolutely perfect um, there's no doubt Billich absolutely can't wait to get him part of the group as well well he is part of the group but can't wait to get him signed because he's been hugely impressed with him mm. James Goodby this is a decent one if we went up this season which of the current squad do you think would be starters in the Premier League and which positions need strengthening first assuming that Diangana goes and Pereira stays let's go through the squad up front Charlie Austin does he start in the Premier League no Tempted to agree. Phillips. Yeah, he starts in the Premier League. Pereira. 100%. This is an interesting starts one. Does Dean Garner actually go? Or do you. Oh, good point. If they got up for a year. If you go up, I think you do your most to sign him. Even another year on loan would be in West Ham's benefit, really, to have him playing Premier League football every week. Yeah. That's a good point. But yeah, I'm, I'm did... going to stick my neck out and say that he. He comes back to Albion either permanently or on loan if they go up. I think permanently it costs a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, we've been through this. Yeah, we? like I think he would cost maybe a bit more than you'd be willing to risk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he'd obviously would, need a winger. Dion Garner would start if he if he's there. But yeah, he start. Kyle Edwards isn't. Kyle Edwards, you're happy to bring off a bench still, aren't you? I think for so. now because he's 21 and still a lot for him. Sawyer's. I'd love him to have a go. Everyone's always said about sorry. I know you're going to say something then. Everyone's already always said about Sawyer. He's got a Premier League brain. Yeah. Um, I so. think he's one of them players who'd actually do a little bit better in the Premier League. Yeah, potentially. Because you've, yeah, it's more suited to him. The more time and more space Sawyer's gets, the better he'll be. He he is one of those players who genuinely could get better the mm. higher he goes. Yeah. Livermore. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then you've got the back four. I take them all. If I take. I'm not sure about Furlong, you know. Oh, I think that's. I mean, what in terms of like Premier League, like he could leave you quite a bit exposed because he. I mean, but he. We look at the, some of the wingers you're coming up against. He'd have to. He'd have to curtail his attacking instincts. I think. Yeah. He couldn't. I, I, got, like I he think does. he's been. He's he's been quality so far this season. I think Gibbs comes in. Oh, what, and you're putting Ferguson at right back? Yeah. Oh, that's a good shout. Gibbs knows the division. I still think he's a very, very good left back. He's just being kept out of the side because they're winning constantly or performing constantly. Yeah. I think Gibbs comes in at Premier League level. Could be wrong. Mm. I could be wrong. And then Johnson in goal. Yeah. You probably like. I'd probably like a real... I'd like one more centre-half. Yeah. I think I'd like uh, Hagazi's done it in the Prem, but Bartley hasn't. For Mind me, you, Ajayi hasn't either. But I think Ajayi can make a step up. Yeah, I don't know whether Bartley could. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Well, we've got a long way to go before we're even there, haven't we? So yeah, but enjoy it. Yeah, you don't want to knock them, do you? They're doing so well. You're doing so well. If you're going to strengthen first, where would you go? Up front. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'd be happy to go with Charlie Austin in the Premier League, but. I don't know if I'd be happy to go with what's behind him. Yeah. Daniel Tudge, when will we wear the horrid third kit? Um, and do you think the club should leave a few bars open after uh, to di- diverse, I'm assuming divert traffic? Rather than rather have another cup and now the roads are closed. Um, the third kit, I'm going to be honest, it's not great, I don't think. I saw someone in my, on my trip to Ikea, I saw someone in the third kit. Oh, did they say hello? No, I didn't say hello, no. Um, not, not every out. Um. The issue you've got with the third kit is the away kit, the yellow and green, is so bloody good. I do like the yellow and green kit. I'm not big on kits. I love the home kit. The home kit's a classic. Yeah. I really like, I really like, I've always liked Albion's home kit. You've got to do it properly still. But like, I like the navy blue and the, and, um, the stripes. Yeah. Um, and the, the, yeah, I like the yellow and green. Um, the pinky purpley, I don't know, it's... I feel like they've tried to do something and it's not really worked. We were talking about this on the way to Fulham, weren't we? When were they playing it? Yeah. Because yellow and green is really iconic, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, people know Albion is yellow and green on the road, don't they? It's a nightmare when you're miles away from the pitch, though, because you can't always make the numbers out on it. The thing is, when you got a yellow and green away kit, you don't need a third kit. Who's gonna, who are you going to clash with? Who are you going to clash with? Norwich. You mean just wear blue and white? Yeah. It's a con. I feel sorry for people who bought it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of it, to be honest. I'm normally a big fan of third. So they're going to have to like, in answer to the question though, they are just going to literally have to like wheel it out for a game. They're going to have to play in it because people have spent hard-earned money on it. So they will play a game in it. Yeah, probably like a FA Cup game or something. Oh, that would be brutal. Just not even a league game. Yeah, just throw it out in the FA Cup. Maybe. Ah, oh, I wonder if they do that. That's worth keeping tabs on, that is. Uh, and as for leaving a few bars open, I don't know what the deal is with leaving stuff open after the full time. No, neither do I. Sorry. Um, Chris WBA, is there anything on the radar yet with, in, with regards to January transfers? And do you think there are any positions which need someone extra? Um, also, Gail, we mentioned again, is he worth it? We've kind of touched Gail. Um, any news on the radar yet regarding no, January? No, I don't think so. I think, like, I think it's very much a case of let's see where we where we are. Um, 
I think Bilic is very, very happy with the squad he's got. Yeah. Um, it's going to depend on multiple factors. It's going to depend on the form of players, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but there's a lot of competition there. It certainly is. Certainly um, is. So, yeah, no, I don't. Obviously, they'll have players in mind, but I think I genuinely believe everything will be in mind to if this happens or if that happens. Yeah, yeah. They'll be planning. They'll be planning, yeah. It's, uh, it's looking good at the moment. Will Pickworth, any news on Ferguson Deal and what's the latest with Harper? So, I rang Albion this morning about Ferguson because it was obvious. It was obvious someone would ask this question. So I'm told on Ferguson and Barry what we were told was both talks are the word that was used were active, um, and and everyone is very very like happy with the way it's going. It seems mm. very promising. I was told not not going to be anything this week on those two. It's unlikely there'll be deals announced this week. Mm. So, but maybe later in the month. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but everything. The question is asked regularly. I can assure people that. And every time it's asked, all we're told is positive things. There's so, never there's never been like a hiccup or anything like no, that from what you've heard. Anyway. From what I've heard, yeah. So everything seems well on course. Good to hear. John Simonian, is there any chance Agazi will be starting Saturday or is there a feeling it will be the next home game? Also, has there been any fresh talk since Thursday before Cardiff regarding Ferguson? We've already covered that. Coverage is spot on, Joe. Keep up the good work, pal. Ah, oh, legend. Thank you, oh, mate. Nice guy. Uh, yeah, Hagazi. I don't think he gets in until they lose, you know. He plays tonight, Hagazi. He's going to play for Egypt against Botswana. For the Pharaohs. Which is a really good game, actually. I think when you when we were at the presser when Bilic announced he had been called up by Egypt I think everyone Bilic was really really upbeat about it he was like oh it's great news great news um, he needs to be playing football but they had that under 23s game that was postponed because of the weather Yeah. Um, against Villa I think it was it could, yeah it was yeah. absolutely tipping it down I think everyone everyone in the room was a bit like oh really you're going to let him go um, mm. and then but he was right really Bilic he's got to play guys he needs games like he's got to build up his match fitness his match sharpness so I actually think now this game is a really good timing for him. Yeah. Um, so imagine he'll play tonight, Botswana they're playing, under a new manager, Egypt. So, look, I don't think he's going to come in on Saturday. But for starters, he's going to have to fly back, isn't he? So, yeah. Um, you wouldn't have thought... you think Saturday would be too too early for him. But I still think, like you said, I still think... you. You're loath to make any changes at the minute, aren't you? Yeah, I don't make any changes unless someone gets injured or you lose a game or someone has an absolute shocker. Yeah. you got um, to go with... I, I thoroughly expect Albion to beat Middlesbrough on Saturday with Carl Bartley and Shemi Ajay as the centre-backs. I agree with you. Mark Willits is playing both of our right-backs a risk. Do we have cover if Ferguson and Furlong get injured? The reason why... The playing Furlong and Ferguson is because the exact thing happened to the left backs. Yeah. Um, Connor Townsend and Kieran Gibbs both picked up five week injuries um, within the space of a couple of days. Uh, to which Billiger said, I mean, that is incredibly rare. That's that's yeah. really unfortunate. Two players in the same position. Yeah, at the same time for the same amount of time. Um, it really is unfortunate that. So there is. The truth is, if one of them gets injured, Kieran Gibbs comes back now, doesn't he? And, yeah. Con- and, and Connor Townsend's back. So we, we can all sort of relax a little bit now that both those two players are fit. But they, it, it, it was... 
Whether it was a risk, I mean, Bilic didn't really have much of a choice, did he? He had to, he had to, he had to play both of them. Mm. Um, but now, I mean, now they're well-stocked, aren't they? Especially because Ferguson can just play anywhere. They've essentially got Waverson, three left-backs and two right-backs, haven't they? Yeah. Because Ferguson can do both jobs. So. He's that versatile. And Brunt can play right-back as well, can't he? So Left-back. Left-back. So he could probably fill in there. I don't know. But, I mean, Phillips has played right wing back before. Yeah, you wouldn't want him there, though, I don't think. No, um, I don't think so. But no, I think I think it's all good now. Just saw Bowen out is trending on Twitter. Bowen out? He was appointed Reading boss about an hour and a half ago. Yeah, by himself. He was the... Yeah, he was, he was the sporting director, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, guys. Um, next one, Richard Downing, McDonald's or KFC? Last food question from listeners. McDonald's for me. I was uh, at this quandary... Saturday evening. I was coming back from... So I answered that in like a sentence. And now you're setting the scene of a story. Yeah, well, I was coming back from Leighton Orient versus Walsall. Glamour. Dreadful game for Walsall, by the way. Um, they lost 3-1. Yeah. Um, and I got to uh, Beaconsfield Services, which is one of the nicest services, by the way. And they give you a choice there. You've got KFC or McDonald's or like a Nando's or a Pizza Express. Nando's? There's a Nando's in Beaconsfield, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um... Next time on away, don't we? We'll stop off for Nando's. Yeah, I want to see you in Nando's. What are you magic? Oh, mate, it's something special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went for KFC that time. But very much depends on the mood I'm in. Had had McDonald's last when um, where were we? Where did we go? Was it Colchester? No, but we did have McDonald's then. We were. What game was it? What was the last away game? We did. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Fulham why can't we remember where we've been I don't know it was Leeds on the way back from Leeds oh we had McDonald's then because you kept driving past McDonald's and I was getting really really annoyed (laughs) yeah they did (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then uh, yes it depends on the mood uh, Richard and last one I've heard that the coaching staff have been impressed by Chris Willock says Jack Bradley what are the chances we make his deal at the club permanent and are we likely to see him in action soon given our lack of depth to support Pereira, Diangana and Phillips? We've only really got Carl Edwards. So, yeah, so Willock is... I get why Willock comes up a lot because he obviously... He's come on loan from a big club. He hasn't played yet. He does. He's done very well for the 23s. Um, yeah, from what we're hearing, he's doing very, very... When, when Bilic has been asked about... I think it's time to ask Bilic again about Willock. So, we'll... The next presser for Slavin will be on Friday, and I think then we'll bring up how's, how's Willett getting on mm. um, to get an update on that. But I think he is doing very, very well. It sounds like from everything we're hearing, he's, he is really impressing, and that they want to keep him all the way to the end of the season. There's mm. not, even though he hasn't played yet, there's no talk of that deal ending in January or anything like that. Um, it's just a simple. I wouldn't agree that there's a lack of depth behind those three. I think you forgot Karinovic. Um, yeah, because you've got Karinovic as well. I think Kyle Edwards is a great option. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, there's three places there. There's two places straight away, two people straight away that are ahead of Willock, Karinovic and Edwards. You've got Robson Carnu who can play that 10 as well. And Robson Carnu can play the 10, yeah. And if you're going to shift it really dramatically... If you're going to change the system, you might go like four three three. Yeah. Where you push Dean Garner higher up the pitch, maybe, and Phillips with Pereira, one of them, and 
So I think they are actually quite well stocked there. Mm. I think that's the issue with Willock at the moment. I think he's doing very well. I just think he's behind Carl Edwards. Yeah. Um, and that, for me, is very, very understandable. One, because Carl Edwards is a really good player. He's Albion's player as well. And two, exactly that, because he's Albion's player. Yeah. Um, might as well develop their own rather than someone else's. So I think um, it's a one. I think it's a bit of a luxury, really, to have him there. Mm. It's real strength and depth. Um, and I think we just have to accept how good the three are at the minute in Dean yeah. Garner, Pereira and Phillips. They are so good that we can't really can't really argue with anything. You've just got to be happy to have those three playing. Can't agree more. Right, that's all the listener questions. Uh, quick quick fire round for you now, Joe. I feel like I'm talking a lot, man. These have got to be just quick answers, so one answer or the other. Okay. Right, so it's a little segment before we get onto the Borough preview, just to break it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, so I'll give you two options related to Albion, and you just give me an answer between them. Ajay or Bartley? Oh, Ajay. Home or away kit? Home kit. Oh. Austin or Zahor? Austin. Wow. Smetherkend or Brummie Road? Oh, Smetherkend. Good choice. Huddersfield at home or QPR away? So I feel bad for the people who sit in the, in the Brummie. Yeah. The, the Smetherkend's a bit louder. Um, yeah, but no offence. Huddersfield at home or QPR away? Huddersfield at home or QPR away in terms of what? The result. Which one did you prefer? Oh, QPR away. Absolutely yeah, tonk them. Ferguson or Furlong? Oh, that's brutal. Uh, Ferguson? All right, okay. Hawthorne's lasagna or QPR breakfast? Uh, was QPR breakfast the sausage baps, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. that was good, that was. QPR breakfast. Can't believe we got it back on the thing. Last one. Pereira or Diangana? Pereira. Pereira. But well, first poddy, it was Diangana. Can you remember? Yeah, Diangana was was your... Uh, it was my fave, yeah. Fave, I mean, now. don't get me wrong, I think they're both amazing. Yeah. See, that was it, mate. Wasn't that hard, was it? Oh, that's good, yeah. Let's talk Borough. Come on, So, then. Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Uh, Borough are 20th. Not one in four. Um, on paper, now, a game that Albion should um, cruise through. So it's an interesting one, this, Borough, because this was a while ago now. I listened to an interview with Jonathan Woodgate, mm-hmm. um, who was talking about how he, Pulis, essentially pushed him into management. Mm. So he was like, obviously working under Pulis, and Pulis basically, there were times when Pulis, I mean... Whether he was like, I don't know if he wants to get back in or not, really. I mean, I can't remember what he's done. Yeah, he's done interviews, hasn't he? I can't yeah, he's been doing some TV work recently. I, I've got a feeling he, if, if Jones does go at Stoke, there, could, there. Could, there could be a fairy tale reunion. Um, what, just in time for the Albion game? Just in time. Oh, that would be horrific. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Woodgate, yeah, basically Pulis was encouraging Woodgate to take training sessions. He, Pulis apparently had so much belief in Jonathan Woodgate, the manager, that he was essentially willing to step back at times and tell Jonathan Woodgate to uh, take these training sessions. I mean, interesting. May, maybe not. Pulis doesn't. Maybe probably didn't take all the training sessions anyway. But yeah. So obviously Woodgate's then gone and got the job straight away. Now, what's very interesting for me for that is we all know Pulis' style of football. No one knows that better than Albion fans. So we don't need to go into that. 
Woodgate has come in and completely wants to transform it. He wants mm. to play this expansive attacking style. He wants to be see. He wants to basically be anything but Tony Pulis. Yeah. Um. So, I. I'm really surprised at that dynamic. I'm surprised that A, Pulis had so much faith in him and then Jonathan Woodgate wants to do it so differently to Pulis. Yeah. To me, it feels very much like Woodgate is trying to do too much too soon. Yeah. Um, I've always had a theory, and it's just, it is just a theory, that you can't replace managers with... If you, you can't... They can't, you can't go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. I think that was England's problem for years and years and years. We basically mm. had a manager and it didn't work, so we went for the complete opposite to him, whatever it could be. I think, like, you know Mark, the, the job Mark Hughes did at Stoke? Yeah. I know, obviously, in the end it went wrong, didn't it? But he had them ninth in the Premier League for a couple of years. Yeah. I think following Pulis at Stoke was going to be really, really hard. So I think getting a manager like Mark Hughes, which was like sort of a, a balanced approach isn't it it's mm. not attacking it's not defensive it's more middle ground yeah I think that's really important so like talk about it from an Ipswich point of view Mick McCarthy leaving Mick McCarthy falls into that manager of people who are very very hard to replace yeah and look Mick McCarthy left and Ipswich fell apart yeah they brought in Paul Hurst didn't they and um, tried to go a different way again just didn't work I think when you've got managers that are so extreme in their ways like McCarthy, like Pulis, a bit like Sam Allardyce. Yeah. I don't think you can go from one to the other overnight. And I think that's what's happening at Middlesbrough. I think they're trying to, like I said, trying to do too much too soon. And hence why. I mean, look, Middlesbrough are a big club, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and they're 20th. What did you say? They've won one in... They've, they've, they've lost the last four. Or they've not won in four. They've, not, they've lost three of the last four. I've got it written down. They've won one in seven. They were shocking against Blues as well. I mean, I don't know if you watched the game, but Blues were all over them. That was a Friday night game, wasn't it? I didn't yeah, see it. Blue, but and Blues, ain't, they're not great. And I saw they got absolutely tonked at home by Sheffield Wednesday, 4-1. <sighs> um, so that would be that's my impression of Middlesbrough. But as of every championship side, they've got damn good players. Asan Belonga. Brett Asan Belonga, who's got four goals in the league already. Adam Clayton. Um, Halson, Johnny Halson. Yeah. So, they're going to be a real test, aren't they? They're going to be a real, real test. We all know Asan Belonga could... He can score a hat-trick on any given day. He can score a hat-trick on any given day. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it's going to be a really, really tough game. I, I hate saying it before the game. I feel how I felt before Cardiff. Just confident. Just confident in the sense that I just feel like if Albion players click, if Pereira and Dean Garner, I keep saying it, if Pereira and Dean Garner have a good game, they're just going to have too much for the opposition. And I felt so confident going to that Cardiff game that they mm. were going to win the game. I mean, look, as football turns out, in the, seven, the last couple of minutes, I was damn anxious before that Romain yeah, Sawyer's yeah. goal. So look, we all know how difficult it's going to be, but I personally think they're going to have too much for Middlesbrough. Similarly to you, going into the game against Huddersfield I was so confident in Albion even when they went a goal down I was like I still think they're going to win here yeah and I think it's the same case with this one although being away from home obviously makes it a little bit trickier but if they go a goal down early I'm not worried no I won't be worried and anything to be fair was better than the last time around I know you weren't covering Albion at that point they lost 1-0 to Tony Pulis 
and it was the most pulist goal you'll ever see. From a free kick? It was a free kick, right? It was like 92nd minute or something stupid. I didn't even see the goal because I was on my way down to get fans. Um, so I leave at like the 90th minute when they've been out like four or five minutes at a time. There's a deep free kick. It hits like Daniel Ayala on the hand and goes in. Um, and that's what they went on. Yeah. And I interviewed one fan and I was like, oh, so a nil-nil draw. I suppose it's not too bad. And he's like, mate, we just lost 1-0. I was like, oh, Bloody hell. Because obviously I didn't see it. It's such a lot about their crowd that you didn't even hear the roar. Uh, yeah, well, they were. it was it was at the start of the... It was the beginning of the end for Pulis, I think. Was that? Yeah, like the, the fans were getting sick and tired with the football. They weren't yeah. like, They weren't exactly winning games week so in, well, week they were out. pleased to win from a 90-second minute free kick that comes off your hands. There's a bigger picture, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so anything's better than that. As we said before, don't expect any changes unless they're enforced. No. Nah. Um, prediction? I'd say 3-1. 3-1. Who scores? Man of the moment, Mateus. Yeah. Um, Charlie. Yeah. Um, and Grady just to finish it off. Um, and like, Shamir Jai. I'm going 2-0. 2-0? 2-0. But 2-0. Nice clean sheet. Nice QPR too now. Yeah, but I think they'll get both their goals in the first half. That'd be nice. I'd love it. I'd love an absolutely boring second half covering Albion. Uh, you know what? You know what? It's, Let's it's just be 2-0 up at half time and just, just chill out for the second half while they just knock it round and just toy with the opposition and be like, you're not coming back into the game. Yeah, it's a dream, isn't it, when well, you work in a game and it happened to me, and I know this is, this is Villa, but when Villa played Derby last season, they were 4-0 up at half time. <laughs> you're done basically you're just like alright okay I can, it doesn't matter what happens now because how often do you see an Arsenal in Newcastle where it goes from 4-0 to 4 all? but yeah no it's um, it's a dream that is working a game like that yeah it'd be lovely it'd be lovely oh, I'd love that just knock it around keep it simple just just be like look we're better than you we're 2 nil up you're not going to get a sniff just accept just gonna, defeat just like, accept defeat the game, we're going to end minute. the game we're just going to game manage it we can, I'd love to see him do that I'd love, to, yeah. Cause, uh, I'd go down and get fans. My match, my match report will be in my email ready for me. Yeah, it's not been like a hectic game. Oh, what a dream! What um, a dream! Right, that just about does us. How long have we get, we've been going for? One hour, ten minutes. Bloody hell, we do ramble on, don't we? Yeah. To be fair though, there was a lot of questions to get through. Yeah. And I still threw. Don't feel I did my best for the questions this week, but. Oh, I don't. I'm sure everyone loved listening to you. We'll get there. We'll if, get there. If, if it sounded great to me, mate. Um, as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, then make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a review on iTunes if you're listening on there, because it really does help us out. Um, we'll be headed up to Borough on the weekend. If, if anyone, any of you are, then uh, fair play to you, because it's a long, old journey. Um, but we'll be back next Monday talking more Albion. So it's bye-bye from me, and bye-bye from Mr. Massey. Goodbye. Goodbye.